welcome back to the podcast. Today I interview Katie Bryant. She is a military wife as well as a homeschooling mum of four and she also has one on the way. Their educational approach is very much following curriculums and they learn Latin and music and they ride horses and she talks a lot about the pressures of home education and how to cope with the overwhelm. I've actually really, really enjoyed this conversation with Katie and I hope that you do too. Okay, today we've got Katie joining us. She is a fellow homeschooling mum and instead of me introducing her, Katie, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, So my name is Katie Bryant and I am a mom of four with one on the way. Um, My oldest is nine and then I have a seven-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. And we have been here in the UK for four years and we're just getting ready to head back to Florida. Nice. And so have you always home educated? We have. We did... Uh, my younger ones always did preschool uh, in the States. And then once we got here, my up until five, they did the forest school. And and then we found other forest school opportunities for the older kids as well. And what's kind of, what led you to the, to homeschooling? So I originally, um, I just, my husband was military and I knew he would be coming and going and coming and going. And then I also do horses. And I do a lot of shows. Um, And so we leave Thursday, get back Sunday. And I wanted the ability, A, to be able to take my kids when we went to horse shows. I wanted them to be able to show and compete. And I also wanted that ability that when my husband came home, the kids weren't going off to school. I wanted to be able to say, hey, let's go to Disney World with dad. Let's go spend time with dad. I wanted them to be able to have that time. So originally, my reason for homeschooling was never be my my reasons have definitely shifted over the years but it was never because ah, I didn't care for the way the public school system was or I didn't I was going to recreate that school exactly in my home um so so originally it was just more for convenience right so you said the idea was to recreate school at home can Uh you tell us a little bit more about that and how that looks in your lives Well, so I think, you know, I think that's what we all, I I mean, I don't know. I feel like as you begin homeschooling, if you've gone through the public school system, that's what you think. Well, this is what you do. This is what school is. And this is what we're going to do. Um, And so, you know, I'll have like this little school room set with desk and they'll, you know, they'll do their, I'll have these little, like whatever. And, um, and so I thought that that's what it was going to look like. And, but you know, as I learned a little bit and learned a little bit more with my first one, I can't say that up until she was about six, that we ever really did much of anything for, she did her preschool, but then I, she really just hung out with us and went to the horse shows. And, and so then I started to kind of look into different venues and to start to learn a little bit more. Um, But so originally that's how I thought it was going to look like. And it's not how it's turned out at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I think at the beginning, we all do have this vision of like, right, they're going to sit at their desks and they're going to do the work that I have lovingly prepared for them. And there's going to be no tears and <laughs> everyone's going to get I think mainstream. I'm going to recreate mainstream education in my home because that's what we know at, as school. We know when we look back on our childhood and think of what school is, 
we know it was math sheets and English sheets and, you know, it was science projects. And so you think, okay, well, this is, this is school and that's what I'm going to do. And that, you know, all the kids learn along their little line and they do their, you know, first grade, second grade. And um, you realize that that is really not necessarily the case. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, do you, at the moment, do you have any curriculums that you're following or do you just learn through play? How does your home look? So A, I think the first thing is, is I think it's been a little bit different with all the kids to be honest, to say how our homeschooling looks, it's varied with each child. Um, and, but in general, we definitely have more of a flow to our day. Uh, we do have some curriculums that I, so my kids all do Latin and um, we start with song school Latin when they're little and it's just singing and songs. And I do, we do do a lot through singing and songs and listening to podcasts and things that are entertaining and fun for them we do a little circle time in the morning where we tell stories and we listen to our latin and we do any um gospel studies for our our bible work and and then then they can kind of do their they will have different things based on what is appropriate for them um so i with my eight-year-old with my son he i've always gone he has always had minimal work but it's he it's based on what each child is capable of so um he has different curriculum than what his older sibling did and then my six-year-old is very I mean she's probably about a year or two ahead because she has always wanted to school as a three-year-old so she likes to have a curriculum and so we do we use the good and the beautiful with her for language arts and she does me quad math and she just is very I am I want to do school I want to do school I want to do school so I think within that each kid has a different view of what their homeschool looks like because we do try and I do try and fit what's best for each child and I think that's the beauty of homeschool is that you can definitely just follow each child's interests. Manipulate but it, yeah. It's a lot, it gets a lot more difficult the more children you have trying just, to um, find what's, what works well for them. Because I know in some curriculums, there's some prep work that you need to do. And um, yeah, and it can, I know that it can get quite tricky because we did in the beginning, we tried to follow some curriculums just loosely, really. Yeah. And uh, in the end, it was like, do you know what? You're not interested in this. Like there is, there's no point in me trying to teach you something that you're not interested in. So I'm going to follow your interests. And then we kind of build topics around that or we do different projects and things, what they're actually interested in rather than me trying to force a curriculum onto them. So, yeah. yeah so I definitely think that's a good thing about home ed is that we can pick and choose what our kids learn and what they want to learn about. Yeah, no, and I think that's the key too. I think the other thing, not even just with what they want to learn about, but I also think their brains are ready at different times. Definitely. You know, I mean, so my six-year-old ready to read at three year three powered through it. And so her brain has always been open to learn those things. Whereas my oldest, when she was six, didn't read. And, but, it, and she is an avid, avid, avid reader. You can't get her off of a book You're now. Really, I mean, it's a constant fight. Yes, I'm like, you are going to lose your books. So, um, and 
And so, but for her, she wasn't ready at five. I remember tears. I remember fighting and I would be crying because I was doing it wrong and I had no idea. And thankfully along the way, I've had people suggest, you know, curriculums that help teach kids to learn, um, to learn to read. I love teach your child to read in a hundred easy lessons because it takes out a lot of that, a lot of the guesswork as a parent. And I think the first one is always the, the guinea pig. You know, I, there's so many things. I remember her laying on the floor crying because she didn't want to do spelling and do a spelling test. And then I had a good friend that introduced me to all about spelling and it's, and she's fine with it. She loves it. And so I think it is, there is that process of finding what works, what that child, like you said, enjoys, because if not, you end up with tears or you end up with kids that aren't really learning and you're just wasting your time because either they're not ready to learn it or they simply don't want to. Yeah, definitely. And it also causes that disconnect between your between yourself and your child because you're ultimately trying to wear all of the hats. You're being mum and you're being teacher and you're trying to do everything. And actually it's just not good for your relationship. Yeah, no, no. I, I see that with my oldest a lot. Um, we've actually, we've talked about, discussed that about the relation, the impact of wearing so many hats because even being military, I wear the hat of mom, dad, teacher. Um, And then I teach her horseback riding lessons. And she used to be really good for me with horseback riding lessons. But I think, and then with lockdown now, we've got church. So now I'm the church leader too. And so there was so many hats being worn that the relationship was horrible between she and I. And so I ultimately, even what I've done with her, which worked, I think sometimes if you're, if you're hitting that with kids where you're too involved with her, if I write a list and she has, she has math, she does Matthew C. So it's a little video that she can watch. And so I'm not really involved in it. And all she wants is a list of what she has to do. And she wants to do it. She doesn't want to come to me in the middle of the day and say, Hey mom, what do I need to do next? What do I, she has her and she will, and she's fine that way. But if there's too much communication between she and I regarding her curriculum or what she needs to do that day, it kind of starts to melt. Yeah. So it's that sense of being in control of what yeah. I'm doing and I yeah. get things off when I'm ready to. And yeah, yeah, totally get that though. Totally get that. Yeah. I think there needs to be that sense in a child's in a child's education, that sense of their own control. Right. I mean, what, what is important to them? What, like you said, what they want to learn about and that they have control, a little bit of control on their learning. I often sit with my kids when I feel like, gosh, we're in a rut and I'll sit down with them and I'll say, what do you want to learn about? Or, you know, here's the things that I, we do have certain things that they have to do. So Latin is a must. Um, and piano is a must. They, those aren't, those aren't really options. Piano, they can ultimately pick a different instrument once they played piano for a while, but playing an instrument and then doing horses (laughs) so those are the three things that they don't really have and math and so when we sit down and make their list I'll say let's make a list of how your day what you want to do what days and I let them say okay well I want to do Latin five days a week or I want to do Latin three days a week and I kind of let them pick well how many days how long are you going to do handwriting each day oh well I'm going to do it for 20 minutes three days a week and I let them start to take that control of okay, how am I going to make my schedule? Because I think there's another key component that they can learn through it is time management. And, um, and I think that's important for, you know, higher education, for job, for as a family is being able to look and say, what do I need to do? And when do I need to do it in order to be able to play or to be able to 
do those things. So we try and, and give them that control too, part uh, that control part as well to their education. Yeah, right. So it's not like you're saying, so it's almost as if it's like, you are going to learn maths, but you get to choose how long you're learning it yeah. for. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it works well for you. No, it does. I mean, it, because they, they therein have that control, right? So, you know, I mean, I think, I think there's such a kids feel too controlled and too much pressure on them, but if they can choose, Oh, this is well, then I can look at and say, this is what you chose to do today. Is there, or I'll ask them, is there too, is there something on your list? That's too much. Um, you know, I have one, so my oldest likes her list and then my son sometimes often is overwhelmed by a list. And this is where, you know, you can manipulate it for each kid. So he, a lot of times wants to do one task. And then come ask me what needs to do next, because he often looks at a list and if it has seven things on it, he's overwhelmed by it and he, and he can't do it all. And he's one, like I said, we haven't ever pushed him a ton, but he needs lots of play breaks in between. He needs to do like 15 minutes of work and play for 30 minutes. And it just, and, and if he does that, he it's, he, I mean, his work is better. He's happier. The second that he has to do a lot of work, say we've got to go somewhere, I'm like, oh, get this, this, and this done. It, uh, it often doesn't get done. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there is so much science behind that as well, going back to having to kind of have that play time and then you can focus on your, yeah. on your job in hand and then you go off to play again. There's, I've been reading a lot about that actually and um, there's a lot of science behind it. A lot of science. Well, there's, uh, um, I've actually been reading a lot about movement education yeah which is kind of I, I was reading a lot a lot about it and we naturally kind of already do it so in, if they're having a hard time when they were when I was teaching them to read you actually can have kids get down on their hands and knees and crawl and the cross pattern that they make when they crawl between their legs and their hands actually and I can't remember the exact science of it but it does something uh, it triggers something inside their brain that relates to reading and they can sit down and they usually do better so I, I would always have them crawl down the hall and crawl back to me and then they would come climb back in my lap and and do their reading so and then we do you know if they're having a Malachi's having a hard time I'll tell him go run up this up and down the stairs five times and he'll go up and down the stairs and then he'll come sit down and do his work or go run around the block. We have a little block that they can run around because, I mean, it gets that oxygen going to the brain, right? Blood and oxygen going to the brain. You're able to, to, to perform better within your, within your schoolwork. So we do a lot of that, a lot of that movement education. But um, so this, the, one of the videos I was watching, you know, they actually have the kids like reciting the stuff as they're doing jumping jacks and and different things like that because of that same and how they retain that information much better than if they're just sitting down. Yeah. So makes sense, right? It makes sense. I know it does. I mean, it's, it's, you know, yeah, totally. So you say your husband's aware a lot because he's military. Um, how do you, how do you actually cope? Like, I would love to know this because you've got, <laughs> you've got four children, four and a bit. You've got one on the way as well. Like you say you are you are wearing all of the hats and more because you're homeschooling as well like tell me your secret <laughs> how do I cope um sometimes I don't cope so well um I well I think part of the um one of the biggest things that has helped me cope and handle it all is to also not put the pressure on myself 
Um, so, you know, in those times that he's gone and this has taken me a while to learn, <laughs> mind you, but you know, in those times that he's gone, usually we always travel. If he's gone, we'll go and we'll travel because I feel like there's so much education in traveling, whatever it is that we're, you know, but so it gives me kind of that break and takes off that, um, the pressure on me that, oh, the kids need to be doing this. But, and so I usually try and do museum trips. I mean, granted, I say all this, but in the, <laughs> within the lockdown, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've just been surviving, but, um, you know, I think, I think as moms, I think being as moms, we put pressure on ourselves for our kids to succeed period. Right. And then I think even more so as homeschool moms, because I think you have this pressure to know, okay, I have to educate this child, not even just be a parent to this child, but now I have this extra pressure on me to educate the child. And, um, and so I have learned, especially when my husband's gone to take some of that pressure off of me and just say, oh, you know what, if they play all day today, if they go outside and they play all day, it's enough. And um, so those times where I'm feeling overwhelmed with yeah, taking care of four kids and my husband being gone for three months, then there's days where I say, you know what, just go outside and play all day or play. You're playing Legos for three hours, play Legos for three hours, you know, and and because I think it is also stressful for them and it's hard on them. And sometimes their brains just need a break. And uh, I mean, we've been noticing that a lot, even within the lockdown, right, where you feel that there's times where I think, hey, you know what, I'm just not even going to push it because it's it's a lot of stress on everybody. And so I think whether you're homeschooling or parenting with or without your husband, but when you feel that there's stress in the home, usually the kids are feeling it too. And so I think it's being aware of the environment and creating the environment into something better. And that may mean not schooling that day. That may mean saying, hey, let's sit down and, and do... Um, do crocheting together let's sit down what what let's sit down and do a science project or something fun let's do something fun so just being aware of the mood in the in the home and being able to adjust that and and within that as parents if the mood if the environment or the home is happy it's a lot less stressful for you so 100 percent, definitely definitely and it's all still learning like even if you say oh they're just playing all day like they are still learning learning I know I think that's the key thing to tell parents like they're still you know you saw these parents with the lockdown saying oh you know what's my kid doing you know I feel like he's doing and I just let him play he obviously needs that time to just play either they're stressed or you know they're enjoying this break from school just let them play Legos all day if they want to play Legos all day for now yeah you know especially when kids are in school they don't get much of an opportunity to actually be kids like because they're yeah. at school day and there's homework and then the extra extra clubs and things they're at and yeah there's there's not really much time for them just to be able to play and play is so so important for their brain development to work through their emotions and yeah. it's really crucial that we let them play um so you said you like to travel a lot. So when you're traveling, are you are you still kind of keeping up with the whole Latin and maths and things? Or are you like, right, we'll just let that slide because we are visiting museums and all of these kind of educational places? 
for the most part, I do. I, I mean, uh, for the most part, I do let most of the stuff slide. Sometimes if we're going somewhere, we're going to be there for like 10 days. And I'll, what I usually will just bring is maybe a workbook and say, Hey, do, you know, do a page. If we have a quiet day, do a page out of a workbook. Uh, but in general, I, I usually just go and we, I mean, they're learning, they're exploring, they're learning more at that week in Italy than they would be sitting at home behind a, you know what I mean? Doing so. I, um, I think the education within itself is just there, you know, the exploring, learning how to, to use the, you know, the Metro and different things like that. And, um, life skills. And it's interesting because I was actually, um, talking to the counselor at my husband's work and we were talking about, uh, kids and kids that are, end up being more successful and kids that do better in school and better in life are not the kids that necessarily have like the top of the line education, but they are kids that are happy, <laughs> you know, that are, that basically have, um, have good life skills that, and, but that have, that are not overtasked that have learned to, to cope and, and kind of, and so we were talking a lot about the play. That's why I kind of thought of it. And now I'm kind of lost my train of thought, Sorry. <laughs> but we were, you were talking about the play and the need for the brain to pray. I wanted to just like touch on that base uh, very quickly. Cause she was saying kids nowadays are so overtasked. Yeah. So like you said, it's go to school, it's go to school. Sorry, this is way off of what you asked me, but yeah, it's, it's go, um, go to school, come home, go to, you know, go to music club, go to gymnastics, hurry, eat dinner. Now go upstairs, take a shower, go to bed. And, um, and she says, you know, these kids are being given directives all day long and they are tasked and tasked and tasked. And, uh, and then you have parents that are coming in, you know, take that, bring their kids to therapy. Oh, my kid, what's wrong with him? He comes home and he just melts down. And, and she said, and we want to blame the child. Every, every parent comes in and wants to, you know, oh, my kid has ADD, has, you know, ODD. And uh, no, the kid just needs to just play. So anyways, I wanted to touch on that because I thought, gosh, you know, it's so true. A lot of times those kids just need to be a child and we do not give them the opportunity to be children. So, and then we medicate them. So they sit still and they listen and they're told. And yeah, yeah, that, um, oh yeah, that infuriates me. (laughs) It really does does because I don't think that, I don't think that we've even, as um, the government, especially, they don't look at what they're actually doing to their children. It's all about box ticking and hitting the goals, targets, and the exactly the, the the test scores and the actually let's child let's measure children's well being and happiness and what the kind of not just the academic skills that they have, but the creative skills as well and what they're passionate yeah. about. I spoke to some um, unschoolers the other day, grown unschoolers, and they are so happy in their lives and they've, they followed their own interests and so, they're, yeah. they love doing. And you just think, well, isn't that the end goal really is to be yeah, yeah. adults and we need to make money to live. Like, is that not, is that not? Well, it? And, and why is that not education? That's the other thing is I, you know, and sometimes it's so hard because I think it that innate, like I said, when I first started, I wanted to create that public school. And sometimes I'll find myself going back and th- or have talked to another mom and their kids doing X, Y, Z. And I'm thinking, okay, come on guys. Okay. My kids are like, and now I've got to, you know, get them all doing their grade level and this and this. And then I think, no, it's education is, is, it doesn't necessarily mean it's what 
that it's what the school teaches. Education can be anything that you make of it, anything that is important to you. I mean, for my kids, a lot of them, it's riding horses. And I often, I feel like, gosh, we spent so much time in the barn when we're home. And I, and I think they haven't done any school, but for them, they have, you know, they learned about the horse that came in with a cut on its face and they've learned how to clean it. And that's education for us because that's what they love. And ultimately will probably be a career field that some of my children find themselves in. So this lack of not wanting to focus on that for fear that it's not education, but it is, what is education? I mean, education is not necessarily math, you know, reading and writing. Obviously we need to be able to do math. We need to be able to read and write, but, but is education not, like you said, is it not the arts? Is it not, you know, why can't it be if a kid loves welding, why can't it be welding? If a kid loves to think, take things apart, then get them some things to take apart and, you know, learn. So I, I, there's that, I read a book called, I think it's passion driven education, but I, you know, I love so many of the concepts and he did a lot of what you said that like with your kids that you do is to take what they love and, and teach them around that, you know, so his mom would teach, I think he was into snowboarding. One of the kids I watched a Ted talk on and he was into snowboarding. And so his mom would help him, you know, learn through snowboarding, talking about angles and, you know, different things. And I think there is such a way to hit kids on those points. And I, I need to be better on that, but, um, so. And they'll remember that information as well, because they're actually, it's important. It's important to them. Yep. Yeah. And just going back to that point, you said about looking at the other home, home ed parents who are doing all of the things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) How are they doing that? Like, can we not do that? Honestly, like, I, I, I look at other parents and I'm like, you're making bread from scratch, like, and teaching your kids Latin. (laughs) And And then I'm looking at you thinking, oh, look at all these like opportunities to play she puts out for her kids. Like, that's so great. (laughs) But like you say, it is just doing what feels good for us and what is right for our families and our own children's needs. But um, that is, uh, I struggle with that so much, especially on the internet. Like I, I look on Instagram, I'm like, wow, these mums are doing so much and their kids are learning like, you know, all this. And I think it's as well, it's from our own schooled mindset, like you said before, like, yeah, yeah. like we have to be learning English, math, science and all of the things that they want to try and kind of teach you in school. You want to try and, yeah. So when, when that's all in your own kind of mindset, it's really difficult to get out of that. And I it's still hard. have it is. where I'm like, oh, we need to be doing more maths or you still don't know your, I don't know, your times tables or yeah, you know, yeah. just, um, it's hard to get out of that mindset. It, it really, really is tricky. Yeah. Oh. I, I think it is one of the hardest things. And I think that, um, I, you know, and isn't that just tendency in us in nature to compare, but I think, whether it be school or whether it, you know, whether it's that person that's, you know, running and I'm sitting on the couch, we have a tendency to compare ourselves, our weaknesses to someone else's strengths. And I think that's when you look on social media, you're seeing the best of what that parent is doing. You are not necessarily seeing their kid on the floor crying because it doesn't understand how to, you know, multiply fractions yet and so I think I think it's important as homeschool as homeschoolers and just as parents that we 
let other parents know of our struggles, you know, that it's not just this focus on, oh, my kids are so awesome. My kid does Latin, my kid does, you know, and, and I think it's, it's normal to be proud of your children and stuff, but I think it's also good that when you talk to each other to let them know, uh, you know, uh, we, we struggle here and my kid's struggling. And, and also that parent might have a suggestion because that might be their strength. And so I think, you know, I think it's, but I, I do think we get too kind of focused on, on what's, or, or what's working for someone else. And then we forget to look and see what's also working for us. So I think it's kind of good that we share both our weaknesses and our strengths with each other. Definitely. So. And I think because we are going so against the grain anyway, well, we certainly were when we first started home, home ed in, we, I didn't know anybody else. Actually, I knew one other family um my husband's cousin who home, edu- home educated but she didn't live anywhere near us or anything um and because you are going so against the grain it's like I need to get this perfect like I need to I need to make sure they are learning what they need to learn just to yeah 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 you can do it kind of thing so um yeah there's that kind of pressure as well now um Talk to me about screens. So what's your kind of viewpoint on I know you too much screen time? How do you feel? About um, I am not a big screen time person. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of been a journey for us. At first with our first, we did when she was younger, we did a lot more screens and then we slowly just kind of faded out of it. And we just were so busy on the farm. It was easy to kind of say, yeah, well, we're just going to have one movie night a week. So we usually do one movie night a week on Fridays um and i and and then i mean we don't have video games neither my husband nor i are really we don't ever sit down and watch tv so i think for my kid right (laughs) yeah so i i don't think it's it's out of the norm for our lifestyle (laughs) that's why we have so many times missed that you're not the first person to tell us that so (laughs) not why we have so many children <laughs> and um so anyway <laughs> we um i i have noticed um my oldest now we have we we have several friends that do a lot more screens than us and uh now i can feel it's finally it's never been a battle with our kids it has never my kids never asked it was never i mean my kids don't ask to watch tv I mean, they don't, it's not something that every now and then they'll ask to watch a movie and we've definitely watched more TV during the lockdown, but so it's, it hasn't ever really been a fight now as my kids have gotten, as my oldest is getting a little bit older, she has this huge desire to play video games because she has friends that have games and have horse games. And so, um, so we have try, so I've started to allow her to do that, but it's something that she has to, she has to finish her schoolwork and she gets 20 minutes um, because I don't want it to be something that she's dependent on. It's, it's such a, I think screens are such a hard battle because I think there's so much good out there and there is so much not good out there. So I, it, for me, it's kind of an internal battle myself. Be, and my six-year-old always wants YouTube time. And as long as they do their schoolwork, I don't mind saying here, here's 20 minutes, um, you know, whatever, go look and on YouTube or watch your videos. I think, I think, and then it's that battle too of that's the society we live in. So I think they also need to have that education and be able to navigate a computer. And, um, so for me, it's kind of this ongoing 
battle for me just because I am not a fan of them. Um, and, but I, my oldest wants to be doing what all the other nine and 10 year olds are doing now. And so I, I, we, so we've started to have that fight. And so I've started to find that middle ground of where am I okay with it? And, you know, enough to give to her, because I think it's so much in our world, it's hard to deny it from them completely. And, um, and so, and, and there's good out there. So. Yeah, totally, totally. And I have that kind of that internal battle as well. Like, so I want to be the, the true unschooler. I want to be that. I w- <laughs> that's what I, that's <laughs> what I have to be. But like I was saying before about that schooled mindset, I'm still like, oh, do you read a book? Or I, I try and kind of suggest things. Um, but my eldest, Kira, she, she's 11 and she loves video editing. She is, she's so good at it. Like she's oh, yeah. amazingly good at it. And, um, and so I'm like, well, maybe, maybe that's her calling in life is to yeah, be, yeah. maybe that's what she wants to be right now. So, so why should I kind of hold her back from that? But then on the flip side, if she was just watching YouTube videos of somebody opening toys all day, that's, in my opinion, that isn't education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There is definitely that fine line between it being um, kind of educational and worth it, worth the kind of time that you're spending on it. And yeah. and then the just the lost time. Because I, I, re- I want my kids to play. Like, I want them to be playing with the logos and building things and um, being creative and things like that. But then on the flip side of that, my seven-year-old plays Minecraft and in that he is creating things and he's learning about different materials and, you know, he's learning learning architecture and lots of, lots of really cool stuff comes out of that as well. And he's learning how to write as well because he has to like, you have to write things in the, in like the search bar and things like that. So so yeah, I definitely I can see both sides completely. Yeah. And Ch- but Charlie just wants to watch like Netflix and YouTube on, <laughs> and it's not really kind of beneficial. But then there's lots and lots of educational websites that you can access as well. So um, I'm trying to be more lenient with my own kids and trying to get out of that mindset. But it's so hard, especially when you kind of read about the the um blue the blue light of the screen yeah well. yeah yeah but then I try and have a conversation with my kids and say look I've, I've researched this a little bit and the blue light isn't too good for our brain development and it might give you headaches or disrupt your sleep um and just be honest with them and also like you say about having the good and the bad of the internet like I do worry that because Kira's got a YouTube channel um the comments are switched off and things like that at the moment, but she's desperate to have them turn on. And I'm, and I'm at the moment, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. 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 We've, we've, we've spoken about grooming and things like that. And she is very aware of it, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's so hard, isn't it? Cause it's, it's the I know, one. I know. And yeah, it's, it's really, really tough. Well, at some point they have to learn how to manage it. I think that's, that's the, uh, I always used to look, I grew up in Utah um, and, and we're, we're actually LDS now, but I grew up not LDS. And there were the kids who were raised strict, strict, strict LDS. And you would almost see, because they weren't necessarily taught 
how to make the choices. They were just told some of the kids, not all the kids, I mean, but you know, they were just told, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And so what happens then is because it's been so controlled all your life is the second that you get freedom, you take it to the extreme. So I think there's that, um, that's just kind of a low lying fruit to think of some kind of example. But I think anytime that you control something so much and they don't have, they don't learn how to control it themselves, you are going to pro you can end up with the opposite, you know what I mean? Result versus having kids that, you know, when they leave the house or don't really care for TV as much as we don't. Now you have kids that veg out all day and can't get through college you know, university because they can't control their habit of sitting on the TV. And, and so I think there, it is, it is good to teach them to be able to turn it off, to switch it off and to go outside, to switch it off or to do their work that needs to be done prior to getting on. And so I think it's important because we do live in that world that at the same time, you hand your kids the skills to be able to navigate it in their adult life. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Whether it be the comments or the, you know, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I also think that the, the mental health side of the internet as well, even for adults, yeah. like I'm pretty sure that we're not supposed to be taking in this much information. Like, are we really meant to know what's going on at the other side of the world? Or, you know, there's so much negativity yeah. out there, especially yeah. the moment, like, it's just like, we're so aware of everything all the time and when it's out of our control and it's, um, yeah it's so much data for us to process yeah I think that definitely contributes to the amount of anxiety and depression and you know these negative um mental health issues that we're having as adults as well um yeah but then it's also the internet's also a fantastic place for keeping in touch with your family or I know this is what I look at it where you say all the information and I think I actually Sometimes I feel like that within the homeschool that th there are so many great things out there. I think this is another key thing to remember. Yeah, there are so many amazing things that you you can be doing with your kids. Latin, Greek. I mean, I know one mom that teaches her kid three different languages at one time. You know, and I think, you know, you can look up all these different resources. I've ordered so many curriculums of different things. Oh, we're going to do this. This is going to be awesome and um half of it's still sitting on my shelf and then i feel bad because i've never done it and i almost and this is something that i've just kind of come to this past year or so that i don't want to hear about anymore i don't want to know about anybody else's amazing curriculum at the moment because what i have for me works right now and um and you can get that sense of too much information and then not feeling good enough. And kind of like we went back and talked a little bit on, you know, looking at what this mom and this mom's doing. I also sometimes feel like, oh, there's so much out there and I want to teach my kids this, this, and this. And there are so many amazing things you can teach your kids that, you know, are, are mainstream school or off the, you know, the unschooling. There's so many things that are amazing to be able to be teaching children. And sometimes I feel like I can get overwhelmed by the amount of information out there that there is that I should be teaching my children. I need to teach my children mindfulness. I need to teach my children to meditate. I need to teach my children, you know, Latin. Okay. Now I need to teach them. And I think, no, you need to teach them what works for you, you know, and what, but I, I, I feel like that often with the homeschool stuff that there's, I have so much information 
And I almost sometimes just right now I'm on a decompress of, I don't want to know any more information. I don't want to know anything else that I need to teach my children. Yeah. So <laughs> I could <laughs> We've got we when I was kind of going through my whole curriculum purchasing stage, we've still got lots of curriculum that we that we don't touch. Now there's one which I love. It's um exploring nature with children. And uh-huh. that is the only one that we dip in and out of, which is just fantastic. So um literally one curriculum that I dip in and out of and that's not even it's not it's not like you have to strictly follow the lessons or anything yeah yeah um, so so yeah that's that's the only one we we kind of use so um so if you had any advice for someone who was thinking about home educating what would it be <laughs> um let's see I mean I always say my biggest advice is to talk to other moms I think when I first started homeschooling or when my oldest was, was in that five, six year old year, I didn't really know any other homeschool moms. I think I had one other friend, but she wasn't, she's not the most, wasn't a proactive homeschooler. Um, And, and so I, when I, once I moved here, let me kind of, but once I moved here, I met so many homeschool moms, you know, through the military. And then, um, we did another forest school with my older kids and there was, you know, several homeschool moms in there. And, um, I just in talking to them, I learned so many, whether it's a curriculum suggestion for a problem I was having, like spelling with my daughter or the reading book that I was, you know, teach your child to read. And I mean, for me, that was, I mean, it was life-changing and I think so much of the advice that I've gotten from other homeschool moms, I mean, that for me has been huge. I have learned so much from other homeschool moms that were already on the journey. I had a dear friend that was here for about a year while we were here and her oldest was 12 at the time. So she had been through all that and mine was, my oldest was six. And so um, for me, she was such a wealth of information and just really kind of that. So I, I, when I say that, talk to other moms, talk to other moms that are on their third or fourth kid homeschooling, you know, <laughs> because the first one, the first, the other thing I'd say is, you know what, the first child, or if you only have one child, but I mean, sometimes it's just a guessing game. It's a, you know, what works and what doesn't work for your family. And don't that first year, because it doesn't feel right, try something different. That doesn't mean that it's not for you, but what you're doing might just not be what's right for your family. And whether you need to talk to another, another homeschool mom and find some suggestions, I think there, because there is so much information out there. I mean, there is so much information out there. I, I mean, and I read and read, I read a ton of homeschool books and, um, versus when I started, you know, I, well, I'm just going to create school and I don't need to know anything. <laughs> I went to school. I know how to recreate school. And, and wow, was I wrong. Um, and just my eyes were opened by just friends, different homeschool moms. And, and I also say lots and lots of time outside, <laughs> Yeah, let them spend outside when you don't know what to do with them, send them outside, you know, I'm mean, send them outside and take a break and recoup because you know, and it'll, it's all, it's all going to be okay. They'll turn out fine. <laughs> That's the main point right there. They'll, <laughs> They'll turn, turn out fine. fine. <laughs> 
one of my homeschool books said, um, uh, kid, it takes kids uh, only a hundred hours to learn like their math, their math. And it takes a hundred hours to learn language and grammar. So if you really think of that, I mean, that's not that long, a hundred hours. And so we start pushing it at such a young age before their brains are really coping, like grasping any of it. You could teach it to a seventh grader at that age and start their hundred hours then, and they'll, they'll grasp onto it much better. And so um, I, that was one thing that always stood out for me from a book is a hundred hours. And I think, oh, and yet we drill it into them for day after day after for hours and hours. And so um, that just kind of always stuck with me. I try to remind myself, they don't need that much time doing this. They just need to go outside and they need to play, especially when they're little. Yeah, definitely. And just touching back on what you said about um, kind of getting in touch with other homeschooling mums or dads, uh, having that support group around you and building that kind of finding a home med community is for me, that was one of the best things that we did. I didn't even realize that there was so many homeschoolers in my local area. Oh, um, there's lots in this area. Yeah, really, really big. And that was a massive, massive help because you all learn from each other. And like you say, you can ask lots of questions. And even on them days when you're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Or if my kids were in school, I'd have six whole hours a day, five days a week where I could right. do it. My house would be clean. Like, yeah, exactly. But then you say that to someone who doesn't homeschool and they're like, well, just send your kids to school then and, and then you can have that time. But it's um, they just don't get it, do they? <laughs> In the moments where we're just like having a bit of a wobble. Um, so, yeah, definitely having that support around you is really, really, really important. Definitely. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Not that I can think of. No. Okay, you've given us a really, really good insight into your home ed life for your kids and I know that you are so super super busy you're packing to go back to America and you're pregnant and you've got so much <laughs> going on so thank you very very much for coming on to the podcast and sharing your home ed journey with us and I wish you all the best in Florida we're going to miss you so much <laughs> thank you for having me and thank you for your wonderful force I mean it, that has meant so much to my kids and they have just I mean they've adored their time that they've spent there so I mean oh thank you and we're, we're grateful for you we love having them so much they're a real credit to you they're they're great kids 